blessing to be with you. I've enjoyed spending time with uh, leaders and visiting here uh, during the week to be supportive in that way and to uh, meet more of you personally. Uh, Important things are happening here, and I'm very much glad to be a part of that. I love to teach, so uh, thank you for the privilege of serving you today in that way. It's always a powerful and significant time when we open the Word of God together and share from that together. And uh, let's do so today looking at the ministries of Christ and how those are in us and then work through us. So Christ in us and through us. A number of things that we'll be doing are on the screen and uh, occasionally let's declare the truth of the scripture together as we see it. I share, I'll share a little bit more about myself because um, I love to just get into it, but I find out that people wonder, who is this guy? <laughs> so um, my wife is not here today. She uh, is a teacher, and she's um, actually, uh, she was running a 5K this morning and then going to our home church service for the second service, just like we are here. Uh, I've been uh, serving with Teaching Word Ministries for about 28 years, so my heart is to be a resource to pastors and leaders. Uh, my wife and I do not have any biological children, but we are devoting ourselves to helping other people with their children. And uh, actually, this past Father's Day, I received seven Father's Day greetings from people that uh, look to me in that light. So. I come to you with uh, that kind of a heart for churches and leaders. I've also been involved in Lancaster County with uh, churches working together in cooperation, praying together, just like Josh was announcing is happening here. I really affirm your involvement in partnering with other churches. Over time, it has made a significant difference in our region. Uh, it used to be, who are those people? Are, are they safe? Are they like us? And now we're embracing one another, realizing the oneness we do have in Christ, and we can do so uh, without um, suspicion, but rather with embracing Christ in us, the hope of glory together. So I affirm your involvement in that way here and your devotion to helping churches beyond the local church. Uh, God's kingdom is all about increase and expanding and giving of ourselves just as he gave to us. So let's start there with his giving to us. Uh, we know that God so loved the world that he gave. And he did that by sending his son on a mission to bring things as they are in heaven to us here on earth so we can be experiencing them on earth. What a heart and that's what his will continues to be. So here's another way of saying it. Christ was the one that God sent. Let's declare the scripture together. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Um, I appreciate your reading along but it felt a little 
letting if the words tell us what to say. Let's declare it. Let's, okay? This is what's going on. Together? For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Now that was a declaration. (laughs) You know, when Jesus said to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. The idea of church at that time was not uh, like a spiritual or religious uh, institution. For example, he didn't say, I will build my synagogue or I will build my temple. He was saying, I will build my church. He took a secular word, if you will, which was a governmental word. It was the idea of gathering people together in the community, maybe uh, at the gates of the city or uh, at the town square, and making a decision about what to do in that community. And then when they made the decision, they publicly declared, this is what we're going to do, and people went and did it. So we are gathered here today as the church. And while the word church has many wonderful meanings in addition to being a decision-making gathering, that thought still applies to when we gather for a worship service. We're coming here, we're discerning, what is God saying to us? And then we're making a declaration of it, and then we go out and live accordingly. So that's why it's important when we speak corporately, we declare it. Thank you so much. Well, let's continue. We have three different titles or names for our Lord. Lord, Jesus, and Christ. And Paul uses those together many times, and they each have a significance. The word Lord would refer to his authority. In other words, he has the power and might to use that power according to his Father's will. Jesus refers to his humanity. He was a person just like we are persons. Uh, Jesus was a very common name in that time. A lot of people were called Jesus. So that doesn't make light of the name, just that he identified with what it's like to be a human being. And finally, Christ is the thought of anointing. He's the Messiah, the one that was projected and predicted and prophesied that would come and deliver his people. So Messiah means the anointed one. It's the thought of having the grace and the commission and the power of the Holy Spirit upon him to do what he was to do. So he, in turn, has given himself to us, and we experience his lordship, his humanity, and his authority, and his anointing in us, which we would call the body of Christ. Let's uh, declare this together. His people, his body, are human beings to whom he has given his authority and his anointing to fill the earth with his character and presence. You see, God's heart, especially shown to us in Ephesians, is to fill the whole universe with the power and the presence of Christ. That everything ultimately will be impacted 
by the presence and the character of Christ. There will be nothing that is not subject to him except the one who made everything subject to him. He's always honoring the Father and is inclined to hear and do the Father's will. So, think of it. Christ, that is his anointing, is in his body to do his work and in us to work through us. So, it says in Acts 10.38, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For the power and the spirit was with him. So we see that anointing is associated with power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So let's again declare this truth, starting with God. God sent Christ to reveal and fulfill the means to restore our relationship as people with God. He ministered by the Spirit of God. So as a human being, fulfilling a divine purpose sent by his Father, he did what he did by depending on the Spirit. Just like we have been given the Holy Spirit to guide and empower us to do his will and serve in his way. So he revealed or showed us who God is and brought us into relationship with God. Now, his life, his power, his anointing in us. Let's see how this works. There were several ministries by which we could see Christ expressing himself. And uh, here uh, we'll list them at this point. And then we'll look at them more closely as how they're actually expressed in the body today. The one ministry that he has is as king. We read in Revelation that he is king of kings. So he is the ultimate authority over every other authority in creation and as far as we know it, whatever exists. He is also the priest. In fact, he's the high priest. That is, he's the priest over all the priests. A priest is one that comes between people and God, representing the people to God and saying, here, they have a need. God, will you meet that? And representing God to the people. This is God's heart for you. As we've just been singing, he loves us. So it's a priestly function to represent one to the other and keep this communication going. Another ministry, he is a servant. And he said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And he identified with that as being the way that leadership should function is by serving people. And if you serve Everyone, that qualifies you to, therefore, be influential and leading in that regard. So, as a servant was one of the ways that he carried out his ministry. Uh, Another is he was a governor. I'm using the term governor there as a person who governs. And 
it speaks in Isaiah 9, 7, that the government would be on his shoulders. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there should be no end. You see, ultimately, everything is going to be filled with his presence and everything is going to be ruled by his character and his will. And good government, that is, good organization, results in peace. Things are orderly. Things are flowing well. Things are cared for. Peace. So the increase of his government and of peace, no limit, no end. So these are four ministries, and there are five additional ones. Uh, these are sometimes called the fivefold ministry, and he gave us these gifts. So in Ephesians 4, 7 through 11, it goes on to highlight he gave some, that is referring to persons, he gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Again, sometimes called fivefold ministry. The thought here is that as he ministered, there's so much of the fullness of Christ that you cannot express it in one person. <laughs> and he wisely apportioned it. So some people will reflect this part of Christ, some people this part of Christ, some people this aspect of Christ, and it all flows together. In him, it's one. In the body, we can identify different streams or uh, intensities or collections of that into certain persons. So this is often referred to as the fivefold ministry. Sometimes it's called fourfold because people put pastor and teacher together. However, we can see distinctions of those two as anointings, as we'll look at it in a later point. So looking at these five ministries, these are just simply passages where it indicates Jesus himself was functioning that way. He's called the apostle of our faith. As people saw his miracles, they declared he's a prophet. And when Peter was preaching in Acts 3, he refers to Christ as the prophet sent from God. He came to preach the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. And that concept there is to evangelize. He was the evangelist. He identifies himself as the good shepherd. And the word for shepherd there in the Greek is poimen, P-O-I-M-E-N, poimen. Let's pretend we're Greek scholars. Poimen, again, poimen. Okay, that's our Greek lesson for today. So it's used, it's the concept of being a pastor in the concept of being a shepherd. Uh, it's, the word's not actually in the New Testament a lot, but it's uh, a very important aspect of Jesus' ministry, pastor. Again, this is an anointing. This is how the Spirit is working through him. And then finally, that of a teacher. He was the rabbi, and he, again, was declared, they recognized he was from God as a teacher because of the miraculous evidence that supported what he taught. When he spoke, people said, 
Wow, he has authority. Things happen when he declares the word. So these are evidences of Christ. These are nine ministries that we see in Christ. So what he did as he ascended to heaven and out of God's grace, he gave himself in giftings to the church. Let's declare this truth. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Who? Each one of us through Christ. So the Father gave us this. That is, each one of us has some dimension of Christ in us as we have yielded ourselves to him. He's chosen to say, hmm, let's express this aspect of Christ through this person in this way. Now, it's not a rigid mailbox type of thing. Like all these slots in the wall, it's not like you're just in one of those slots and nothing else. But there's a emphasis. There's a, a, an embodiment, uh, a fullness of a certain quality of Christ that will be in us. As far as his character goes, over time, we're to grow in all of it. So I can't excuse and say, well, I have this gift, but I don't have that, so I don't have to be that way. Uh, nice try, but doesn't work spiritually or scripturally. <laughs> so here's the thing. Christ in us and through us, he has made or given us the capacity to do these nine ministries in the body today. So, for example, he's made us kings, Revelation 1.6. He's made us a kingdom of priests. So there's a dimension in the body of Christ and in individual believers where you can rule or govern a certain spot on the earth, your family, uh, where you work, your responsibilities, your sphere of influence. There he would work through you as a king. Um, we have the concept of being a priest. That is, that person, he's made us a kingdom of priests. We are priests unto our God. So, you can see where we're going here. But let's make it more personal. Tim, would you help with this? I felt, as I was preparing, that the Lord would want to help us understand this by identifying real people right here today who embody or typify or illustrate these anointings. So let's do that. Um, someone that you would see being a king. Shelby. <laughs> okay. okay. Would you please stand and then remain standing as so we can just see all of this visibly. Thank you, Shelby. And, uh, Someone that typifies this function of a, a priest. Christine Gensler. Thank you for being a person of prayer and intercession. Um, now, many of us have the gift of serving and a desire to serve, and just we just serve without thinking about it. You know, if something happens, I'll say, hmm, something happened there. In the meantime, some of the gift of serving is going there to take care of it. 
Ah, that person has a gift of serving. Why? Because I'm a teacher and I understand what they're doing. But they do it, they do it. So the whole concept of serving or what we call the ministry of helps. Uh, I'm going to name a few people there. I could name a few people for each of these, but I'm going to name a few. So uh, Jeff, Simon, Chicken Wing over there, Broken Wing in the back, Jim, my wife. (laughs) You got to stand up. Yeah. Two pictures. Thank you. This guy, the soundboard in the back, you can stand up too. (laughs) Stand in honor of Christ, yes. There you go. This is about Jesus. Um, Administrator, that's someone who, again, that's a governing role of causing things to work together that brings righteousness and peace because of the uh, administration of it. Nancy. Again, apostles are those people who help us work together toward the purpose of God. And I would like to nominate Tim as an expression of that. Uh, The work he's just done in Indonesia is an expression of that. What's happening in the region here uh, and the way you as a congregation are extending to others is in part through that. Uh, Prophet? Whitework, where are you? JB, are you here? There you are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, prophets basically see they see into situations they perceive what's going on and they uh, call us to move in faith and trust in what God is showing them it can be about ourselves or it can be about uh, the group and we'll look at some more details of this evangelist someone who has a Ability to inspire people to respond to the truth. For example, as a teacher, I can explain the gospel, and people say, hmm, makes sense. An evangelist can talk about it, maybe not even explain it that well from my point of view, and people respond. It's an anointing. It's a very important anointing. It's not just about accepting Christ, but it's responding to God in many ways. I'm going to name a few more here. Uh, so Rosella, clearly, and Mike Morby, and Boyd. Please honor Christ. Yeah. yeah. Um, pastors, uh, this is an anointing that helps people f- trust, to trust God, to trust other people, to open up their lives and be cared for. This is a capacity to wrap your arms around somebody and help them feel accepted and connected. We're talking about the anointing, how this works through people. And uh, there are many of these people in the body. Yeah, yeah I'll name two, uh, two of them right now, uh, Harry Yeager and Josh Hostetter. And finally, a teacher. Again, someone who helps us to understand and and see how the Bible is relevant to a specific application in life. And I will name two of them right now, too, which is Dave Willauer and Mike Gensler. Say there's a little more. Dave Willauer and Mike Gensler. Yep. Thank you. Now, 
these are people you know, and you can say, ah, so that's how it works in them. So they may not be the fullest expression of it because of the a mixture of different things working together in their lives. You might know them in some other ways, but this is how the apostolic gift works too. It helps us to identify our gifts, call them forth, and cause them to work together. So now, where are these gifts this morning? They're in you and also among us. You know, they're in the body. They're not separated from the body. They're in the body. They are us. And so I just sense it would be great to pause and affirm all of the gifts that are here in everyone. Father, we thank you for your wisdom in sending Christ, sending the anointing, and then by the Holy Spirit releasing the same anointing of Christ into the fullness of your body and through your body to bless you, serve you, carry out your kingdom work. We receive your anointing. We are blessed to recognize how you are in and through us. Thank you so much. And we have an increased desire to embrace and follow what that anointing instructs us to do. Again, it's our joy to come to your throne of grace and mercy through Christ. Amen. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Tim. Let's look at them in greater detail. Um, the Particularly the five-fold ministry of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, it says in Ephesians 4, are to equip or prepare or build up the other believers, all of the other gifts, in order to accomplish the purpose of God. So to equip, again, is to prepare for service. We could get into more depth of that, but let's just embrace it in that light for now. So here are, in more sense, what the apostolic anointing working in a body and in a particular person would reflect. Uh, They lay foundation for new kingdom work. They set things in order in existing works. Um, The Lord has called me to work at the foundations in different situations. Uh, You know, if people are struggling, having uh, difficulties in the kitchen, sometimes it's not the problem's not in the kitchen. The problem is in the basement. The foundation of the house is uh, out of order. So I particularly have a sense of honoring, working at the foundation of truth on which things are decided or built. Uh, the Bible speaks of the church is built on the foundations of the prophets and apostles. The idea is not them as persons, but the truth that they show us of God. So sometimes we have to go in and actually rework some of the things that are out of order to put them in order in order for things to prosper again. Another aspect of this ministry is relating with a fatherly authority, uh, giving a sense of security because 
of the blessing that a father can give. And also to mobilize the gifts and resources for outreach and to take the group beyond where it is. So this is typically what an apostle will have in their heart to do and mobilize the rest of us. A prophet has a heart to edify, comfort, and exhort. The idea of exhort means to call near. So if a person needs to be called near, where are they? They're far away. So exhort many times does involve some correction to call people back into the relationship and the covenant that we have with God. Prophet also uh, activates and stirs up our spiritual gifts. They'll say, I see in you a gift of and encourage you in that. They call us to holiness and righteousness. Uh, That is, um, they see and have a passion for God's standards, God's heart, what is upright and good. And when we're veering from that, they call us back to that. And it's interesting, people who have this gift, when they speak, there's a creative power in that to challenge or call people to act accordingly. Typically, a person who has a gift of leadership and who has a gift of prophecy or prophet, there's much more authority in their voice when they speak, and they don't realize how strong they are speaking when they just say something. (laughs) And so they say something, we go, oh, i got to do this. And they're just talking. Uh, there's uh, also the gift of administration has this characteristic. And I was once doing a retreat where we were speaking on spiritual gifts. And uh, there's this man there who has a gift of administration. And we had a break. And the people were down walking around the lake there as we were in this camp setting. And uh, as they're walking around the lake, there were two ladies came by and he just said, Hey, that boat belongs upstairs, uh, up the hill under the porch at the cabin. Those two women picked up the boat and carried it up and put it under the porch at the cabin. And then he just stood there and laughed. It didn't need to go up there. He just did that. They were hot. (laughs) And then his wife said, he does that at home, and the kids really get upset because you can't tell when he's giving instruction and when he's joking. So I just want to say, if a person's coming through real strong, it might be anointing. Not, they're not trying to dominate you. Okay. Well, let's go back to uh, evangelist. The evangelist is, again, that capacity to help people respond, to follow what God is prompting them to do. They also motivate believers to share the gospel. Again, these are equipping. They help other people share the gospel in addition to doing so themselves. Uh, They break the bondage of indecisiveness. In other words, people caught between two opinions when they encourage and exhort 
and you speak what is true, people tend to make a choice for God's heart. And, of course, they help non-believers decide to receive the salvation God has for them through forgiveness. And then we have the pastor. Now, here we have some different use of this term throughout the history of the church, and it's important that we make that distinction. The pastor as an anointing, and there are many in this congregation today who have the anointing of pastor, is different than the concept of the pastor in the position that we recognize as the public uh, leader uh, organizationally of a local congregation. So let's look at this more closely. First of all, let's look at the characteristics of the anointing. This is someone who draws people together in Christ, helps them to trust God, and to have that sense of security and acceptance that God loves them and we love you. This is an anointing that draws others to open up and trust, to receive counsel, to receive love, to believe that God loves them. And this is something that also then feeds people what is good for them. A teacher might give you a lot of information, but a pastor will take that, sort of test it, and feed it to you a little piece at a time. Uh, right now in Pennsylvania, there's a camera on an eagle's nest in York County. And people all over the country are watching this progress. Well, mother and father eagle are pastoring their eaglets by, first of all, getting the food, chopping it up, and then fitting it in the mouth. You know, they don't give them the whole fish or the whole there's actually a skunk on that nest. <laughs> Don't give them the whole skunk for lunch. Um, choice, interesting choice of menu. So the idea here is care and gentle spirit in relating to people. So let's look at this difference between the person who is the designated leader of a congregation and the anointing. Uh, the concept of leader in the New Testament is one who stands before the people. However, it's not in the posture I'm standing here as a teacher. I'm standing this way. But the posture of a leader is this. Let's go! It's the idea of standing in front. Come on, let's go! There's our purpose. There's our direction. So, let's make this distinction that... The organizational leader has responsibilities to organize and get us all moving together in the same direction and may have a variety of these anointings. A person in that position could literally have an apostolic anointing, a prophetic anointing, an evangelist anointing, or a teacher anointing, or a governing anointing, or a priestly anointing, or a kingly anointing. So the idea of the anointing of pastor and a position of pastor, it's helpful to distinguish. So I have found in studying spiritual gifts 
in a variety of places over the years, that a congregation might have one or two apostolic gifts of this size, one or two apostolic gifts, maybe two or three prophetic gifts, maybe, again, four or five evangelists, 20 pastors, and maybe four or five teachers. Now, there could be some congregations with more teachers and so forth. But if you can get the idea here, there are a lot of people anointed in a congregation to care for others, as we've seen in this anointing. So, let's look at this way. The anointing is that embracing and loving care for another person. The position is a declaration of direction. Now, this guy is kind of looking <laughs> from the pulpit. So, a pulpit is a symbol of speaking with authority. So, a variety of gifts could be here, speaking truth from God. But the essence of the position is, let's go. Are we getting this? So it's very helpful to understand because the way we move together, we want to mobilize all of these gifts working together. So let's look now at the teacher. Again, here's the concept of enabling people to understand God's truth, helping people to live by principles, not circumstances. Setting people free from deception and error and unfolding the lifestyle that fits with sound doctrine. Paul admonished Titus to teach the lifestyle that fits with sound doctrine. So, these five ministries are designed to equip believers, all of us, for our service depending on what our gifts are. And here are some of the ways that that equipping will take place. Uh, to help us grow up into maturity in Christ, till we come to the unity of the faith, training us in various ways that we can function and use our gifts in the congregation and in the community. I, I like to... Um, emphasize that leadership in a local congregation is really pastoring the community, pastoring the marketplace, pastoring where we are seven days a week, not only for the sake of the organization of the congregation itself, and providing, training us in discerning if something is uh, a positive or negative spiritual influence and bringing us into the stature of the fullness of Christ. To honor that, I'd like to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Listen again for these qualities that we've listed. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and pastors and teachers 
Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come into the unity in our faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's what's happening in the world and in the body of Christ today. So, again, God's heart is to fill everything in the universe with the presence, the character, the power of Christ. So wherever we go and touch people in the name of Christ, that's a little bit more of the universe that is reflecting his presence. You know, his kingdom is not going to get any larger. We can't do anything to expand his kingdom because you know what? He makes the final decision wherever things are. He's already, his kingdom is already the final role and authority over everything. It's just that there's some people who haven't yielded to it yet, haven't acknowledged it yet, haven't become an active benefit or beneficiary of it. We don't expand his kingdom. We help people enter into his kingdom. We bring more of the awareness of the fullness of Christ to people so that progressively everything is going to be filled with Christ. This is not about us. It's about him. In us and through us. Father, this is a blessing to be known by you and come to know you and to be gifted and called and trusted with your very ability, your very grace to work in and through us. We are really, really blessed. And we're inspired today to do our part. Thank you for filling us with this desire to represent, to represent Christ over and over and over here in our earthly walk. You've got a great plan, and our desire here at Parker Ford is to embrace it more and more fully as you're revealing it to us. Thank you so much for the work you're doing here, and we receive your grace to align ourselves fully with it. It's always a blessing to come to you, Father, because Christ has made us righteous and is seated right by your throne on our behalf. Amen.